Welcome to a very first real SPB Talk podcast, this time in English, um, though my guest is fluent in German. He just published his first book called The Transition Manual, Successful Integration After Military Service into Functional Civilian Life. He is a former Special Operations Officer from Latvia, now working as a personal development coach, inspirational speaker and seminar leader. We met in Africa several years ago and have been training some knife fighting together, hit the range already and had some good talks in the past. Thank you for coming, Janis Bruns from Malaga now, right? Exactly. Thanks, Stefan, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. We already had good talks yesterday and, and the previous days after I uh, picked you up at the airport. So you just published your first book, The Transition Manual. I had the pleasure to read it already. Um, and uh, it was not a thing I had to do to prepare myself for the podcast. I really enjoyed it. It's cool information, but uh, pass on the words now to you. Why do soldiers need a guide, need guidance to integrate into civilian life? Well, the first thing is that as I uh, retired myself, uh, there was something I was going through. Uh, there are some challenging aspects that I was facing before I retired, like financial aspects, will I be good enough to find myself in the civilian world? Will I make enough money? Uh, what can I do? Well, I faced a lot of uncertainty about a lot of things. And uh, well, that created, created quite a lot of anxiety actually. Um, however, I realized that uh, there is a system. I realized that there is a system which is basically my body and that uh, is reacting towards certain aspects of my outer environment. Mm. And I could say, okay, well, it seems like I need to figure out now a way how to create my income. I need to figure out my way in um, developing myself, um, growing and, and, and actually putting out uh, in a civilian world. But, uh, I didn't really have much uh, clue about what really would be, um, what I would really be interested in. So, um, and I felt that, that that made me quite quite stressful from time to time. Mm. And uh, I, I wanted to figure out how I can deal with this stress. So, and at the end I uh, realized that there are a lot of techniques that which, uh, how you can train your body, your mind, how you can, um, train your, 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 your attitude in order to overcome this much easier. So, and uh, since I was going through this process, uh, I did a lot of breath work. I did a lot of mindset. I did a lot of, uh, different kind of stuff and, uh, it helped me to get over it much easier because I, I could feel that there is, um, there are differences between how I feel before and how I feel after. I do a meditation, for example, I do a breath work or I do a training or uh, so, and I realized, okay, well, there's a recipe how I can uh, deal with my emotions. And I can see that there's a lot of other stuff was coming out because of that, just because my um, I was out of the military and uh, I was in a relationship uh, that that was kind of challenging and my emotional stuff and my emotions were coming up a lot of times. Uh, where I got pissed off about what my girlfriend does and uh, that she did, every time she does something wrong that I thought we had an argue 
And uh, well, I realized these are emotions that we need to deal with. And there is a way how you can deal with emotions. So I did my inner work, um, processing a lot of stuff, a lot of anger, a lot of fear, uh, the feeling of not being good enough. It's basically the 21st century uh, disease, I would say, for everybody out there. And uh, yeah, at the end, I figured, okay, I think I had this. And uh, so I put together a system for myself that I say, okay, when I do this, when I do that, and I put it all together, I feel better. If I don't, I don't. And I said, okay, well, I think I have a recipe for, uh, for good feelings. I have a recipe for success. Because uh, as soon as I started to follow these guidelines that I created, I actually uh, felt more calm. I felt more confident. I felt more present. My, my relationships improved based on the uh, mind, mindset and mindfulness stuff that I did. That I did. You know, what, what, is, what I think is funny, because if you, if you read some books, you know, some guidance books by former military guys, um, like it's, it's almost like every former Navy SEAL has to write a book. Um, no bad words about those. I read uh, Chuck Willing's uh, book and, and, and Mark Divine, um, Extreme Ownership and all those good stuff. And, but what is funny and, and different with you is that um, they take, or my impression was they take recipes from things they learned during their military service time and apply them to civilian stuff like self-discipline and go on and go ahead and so on, fear management. And the thing you were talking about is um, after your military career, you started to deal with stress, fear, anxiety, anger, and all that stuff. You know, if you if people have the impression, okay, special operations officer, um, alpha male doer, you know, they, they know how to handle all those things like fear and anxiety, or they don't even have it. And you quit the army, and then you started to deal with emotions on, on that level. That's, that's interesting. That's a difference to... Yeah, well, because offices. you know the story, right? We learned how to actually turn off our feelings and emotions in the military because we need to deal with stuff. We need to deal with the mission, with the task. So and there, is, there, are, there are situations where just you don't have space for emotions. You don't have space for feelings. But this is exactly the opposite of how the, the human body works. And we can say that, well, I'm like tough and etc. and this and this kind of tough, tough uh, talk. Uh, I've been there. I know how it works. Basically, what you do is just switch on the switch off the emotional switch, the feeling switch. And basically, you just become numb to everything that is surrounding. But we have we need to have the, the feelings and emotions just to have a feedback from the system, what's going on. I mean, this is like a train that going, that's going at 150 miles an hour. And if we don't stop it at a time and check what's, what's wrong, is, is the engine running? Is, it, is, is everything okay? Does, does it work? So we're just running blind in one direction. This is about feelings and emotions. And suddenly I turned, uh, I, I tuned into my feelings and I tried to, and I felt that there's, oh my God, there's a lot of stuff coming out that I wasn't aware before because I was just tuned out and I didn't want to deal with that. Well, and the second thing is, of course, well, who deals with emotions and this for, for girls and women? Well, uh, emotions is a natural physiological process that's happening, that happens in everyone, everyone, even us fellas, even us in the, in the military, for, the, for everybody. 
And this is something we cannot deny. And now the, the thing is that I learned is if I, if I understand my emotions better and I learn my emotions better, I can use it as energy. Why? Because, well, basically the word emotions contains uh, from, it's, it's like consists from these two words, emotion. What does it mean? Energy in motion. That's an energetical flow in the body, in the physiological body that, that basically is electricity. You could say that well, like electromagnetical waves, uh, pressure waves, um, electric, electric waves. This is all happening in the body all the time, whether we notice that or not, it's there. It's just, we don't feel it if we don't tune into it. And that's why a lot of people don't realize that actually it still will influence the behavior and well, thoughts, behavior and results. This is what it's going to influence anyway. So the more we tune in into our feelings, the actually better we can read and understand the system and use it in order to benefit. And now coming back to transition manual, uh, I remember from my own experience that, well, there were a lot of soldiers that were actually struggling with a lot of stuff after, uh, after coming back from deployments or generally after being in service for a long time, uh, partly myself, uh, coming back, back from Afghanistan, uh, my relationship fall apart. I started to drink uh, quite a lot actually. And well, my life started to go downwards in a way, although, uh, I just joined special forces and it seemed like, oh my God, now I'm tough and like, and do everything. And like, I'm uh, in the selection and so on, like doing it. So, and so, uh, well, I felt like, oh, this is, this is like the, the best hour of my life. But, but everything else in my life was falling apart. My friendships, my relationships. And I was like, oh, well, life is tough and everything. But I didn't realize that's just my, my subconscious um, beliefs. They're just my subconscious thoughts that were actually uh, traumas, childhood traumas, emotional traumas. Also partly from, uh, from service time. Uh, so, uh, and uh, they don't, they don't really teach how to deal with this stuff, especially with PTSD. Well, now late now lately there are more and more research on PTSD that uh, that that offers a solution. But uh, no, no, there are not many soldiers that want to talk about it because it's very sensitive. But at least now it gets taken seriously. Like PTSD is some serious stuff it is alpha male shit ah well everything's good and i don't talk about it and yeah we'll pass by people have traumas from from previous times maybe like mm -hmm. your experience mm -hmm. of childhood traumas and you work with people right yeah. trauma management mm -hmm. in that s sense um you mentioned it before like everybody has those emotions also like special operations guys uh have this have, have the same and your book, even its transition manual, a military image book, image book, um, it's it's about changes, right? So, like everyone goes through changes, not just soldiers or veterans, um, everybody ac actually. And uh, if it's a job or career, relationships, sports, training, maybe often injury, whatever you face, changes, and uh, your book. That was my impression in the first place. Um, it's just showing how to handle those changes properly. Exactly. Um, shall we talk a bit about the the chapters in the book? 
Sure. I mean, we can, we already started to talk about changes because, well, change is the common factor for all human, in fact, and we all go, go through changes. The thing is only how do you deal with the intensity that's coming up from the change? If you suddenly, let's say, uh, you change a job. Birth. Birth. That's, that's the most serious change one faces in his lifetime. Right. Or you get married. Well, that's, that's also the, that something does to people or they get a kid, right? Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned, of course, birth, this is the first change or first transition. You're in the womb, it's dark, yeah. it's silent. Yeah. You only hear your mother's heart. Well, actually you. it's not that silent inside. Well, if you think yeah, of the, digestion, uh, all the digestion, heartbeat and then the joint cracking from the mother. But it's a different hearing, right? You're in liquid and yeah. now your ears hear the doctor's voice for the first time. Your eyes face light for the first time. That's, it's cold. It's freaking cold. Well, that Those who have gone through, through the training, survival training, or uh, taking the, um, what, what is it called, the English word, um, uh, taking hostages, as you, you've been taking the hostage training, as you went through the survival. Yeah, the Siri, survive, escape. Yeah, 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 so uh, when they just bind you, tie you, and throw you in some ditch, right? So uh, this is the same, same stuff. And afterwards, you just open your eyes and then everything is bright and you're, you don't understand what's going around and you have this stress and similar experience we go through in, in childhood, actually birth. And, but many people don't recognize that. They think, well, just this normal stuff. Well, it's not actually science can back that up that they've been researching since the eighties already that uh, how trauma, how birth trauma or birth cir circumstances influence uh, behavior and psychology later in life. So it's actually been researched a lot, but uh, there are not many, not many um, institutions that are really paying attention to that. But this is worth mentioning because I see that in my work. When I work with my clients, when I work with people, I can, I just need to realize, okay, what's your birth story? Well, I'm a cesarean and uh, premature. And I was like, okay, well, probably first uh, you came like 15 minutes earlier. That's what mostly premature well, like children do, well, or, or adults that if they're premature, they come out, show up early or are very late. Uh, the other one is cesareans are, they lack self-esteem. They think they can't do it because they couldn't get born on their own way, on their own pace. And uh, they are just having, um, I would say, this is like, you're, they're going away from their normal, like, state which mm -hmm. is to be born in a normal way because the baby is, in, uh, is initiating the birth uh, through hormones. And then the process goes on. And if in some kind of way, we just need to go through this experience, it might not be very pleasurable, but this is how it actually, how nature is built. I mean, you can look in the nature, uh, if, the, uh, if the animal has been born as a cesarean, the mother will reject it, this, this child, this, this, this animal, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, well, that not, doesn't happen in, in, uh, with humans normally, but it still will project the effects that in later, li later life, uh, the child could be, uh, feel, have distant feelings towards her mother because the oxytocin the hormone at birth will be influenced. And basically, um, if uh, birth has been uh, through uh, cesarean, then uh, they will have a lot less uh, oxytocin hormone in the system. So, and that's why uh, this is love hormone, hormone bonding hormone. Is there a lot of research, scientific research as well now on, on those topics? I, I guess so, right? Uh, well, there are, I mean, that's not very popular stuff since like, uh, I don't know, 85% in the US are, uh, births are cesarean. 
children are cesarean and that's a it's a mainstream what's going on there and who's uh it depends who's giving the grant for mm. the research and it's mostly pharmaceutical companies and uh well you know there's a question how much they want to um acknowledge that uh, find out um i think you know if, if i mean i learned the military willpower is everything as long as you want it hard enough you you can get wherever your body takes you um and that could be pretty far but actually you know it was a bunch of alpha males and yeah you can handle those things the best you can of your abilities it was something you bring in you never actually talked about fear anxiety what can happen in in scenarios um i love the podcast of i don't know if you know him tony blauer no he's a self-defense coach and uh i'm, I'm proudly now work as a self-defense and shooting instructor um, and a lot of, of stuff is based on on, on his uh, methods because he is like he fills the missing gap um, he has a podcast which uh, is called no fear k-n-o-w no fear and uh, he talks about what happens in in real life um, like in self-defense situations or in violent encounters that the first thing the question where do you get hit first in an ambush or in a violent encounter and the answer is emotionally you're not prepared you're not in your fighting stance physically but also you're not in a fighting stance emotionally psychologically which is very interesting um, every viewer can really recommend it. it's in english of course um, but tony blau does really awesome podcasts and uh, that's a thing that's in my opinion, was was missing in in operational forces. Um, would you say that? Uh, w would you guide like if, if some armed forces departments call you and say, "Hey, Yanis, um, can you come and train some of our guys mentally, like personal development, fear management, whatever?" What would you say? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, that are already happening. Right now, I know that in US, you know, Navy SEALs have some programs, I think, at least what I've heard from my mentors. Uh, but anyway, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can uh, explain about first about the, about the human body, how the mind works, how the brain works, how the body responds to the outer environment. Uh, it can be trained, it can be, uh, um, it can be influenced. And that there's a Actually, I remember as I was in, in, in the unit, uh, the instructor said like these two things, like we don't, we don't hire people who don't have fear and we don't hire people who, who quit and say that they, they won't do it. Mm. So that means the first thing they say, well, still, if, if, you don't, if you don't have fear, that means you're not normal because you don't have like really like human responses. And there is a really, that they should be paying attention to that. So anyway... There's a lot of stuff that needs to be explained because normally they it's it's not they don't pay attention to that. Like, what is actually fear? Why do you have this block? Why you can't pass it? Why you can't uh, go further? Why you have this sudden panic attack? Why you cannot fix your relationship at home and that is that is influencing your your career, your work, and you can't be with a clear head in your on your mission, right? So there's a reason for that. And most of the times, the reason is in childhood, in emotional traumas, uh, how we had our relationship with parents, with mother, with father. So 
And now talking about willpower, uh, coming back to your to where you began, uh, it reminds me of, well, what's the source of the willpower? Is it is it is it uh, inspirational? Is it is it like um, is it will based or is it fear based? I mean, if you're going into this doing some task or you're going into it, do you have the inspiration behind that? Do you love what you do? And it's not sometimes in army it's hard to comprehend that because like well I just do my job. We're like okay, well congratulations. So do you realize what you're actually doing and why you're doing that? Do you realize what systems are actually guiding you? What subconscious patterns are guiding you? And uh, there are moments, and I have recognized that in my career, that uh, I did some things just plainly out of fear because I didn't want to fall behind. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to, to look weak. I didn't want to uh, look that I'm incompetent, especially in, in front of other officers, right? Uh, and that's, that was influencing my decisions. And basically, that's influencing everything you do, everything you think about. And uh, so whether, and more after after soldiers quit, I mean, not quit, but after they get retired, uh, they will face it in the civilian life because there are different rules. And uh, not many are talking about it. And it's, it's going to be different and it will be different. And now you need to really have a inspiration to do what you, what you want, what you love, and not just do a random stuff just to get your income. Well, that's, that's a time bomb. I've seen people, a lot of, I've worked with a lot of people who just do their thing because, well, well, that, that, that just gives me income. And I do like what you do. And, and the answer, I was surprised that the answer once came, uh, you don't even need to like your job. I'm like, what, really? I mean, mm, you're spending yeah, like eight hours of, I mean, like eight hours of your day doing uh -huh. something you don't like. And then I say, well, there's, there must be something wrong with that. And because just they're, they're fear-based decisions, they're fear-based motivated. And uh, that could be done otherwise. And to understanding, okay, what are my passions? What are my strengths? What is actually what I love to do? What, I, what am I good at? How does it work? And well, stepping out of the military, when, when people step out, this is, these are the questions they will need to face. And this is what I talk in my book about mm -hmm. how to find passion, how to find your goal, how to take what you learn in the military, all the qualities that you, that you attain, and now put it into something, in, it may be a day job, doesn't matter, or you, you could become, become an entrepreneur or start a company or whatever. It's just that how can you do and perform the best of your abilities and feel satisfied with what you do, uh, have a good income, actually be success, very successful, also have functional relationships if you have, if you want to, <laughs> but actually most people want, but just a lot of them don't know how to, how to create them because they are afraid of intimacy. And this is and how important relationships are and how important it's, relationships it's the biggest are. fears we actually yeah. have, right? Yeah. Like it's not, uh, for example, if you imagine death and I will, I will die. Um, but if you imagine uh, the person you love the most losing the person or some persons you, you love, that, that's the biggest fear actually. Or I just read in a book, I can't, I can't uh, really remember what it was called. But there was a chapter about grief, I guess. You, you mentioned really cool books. Maybe just, um, um, just briefly before we go on with the chapters, maybe you can um, recommend some books um, 
which inspired you the most or where you really had uh, major light bulb moments? Well, there's one book that I read and I find, found it really interesting, interesting was um, the book by Dr. Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow. It explains about how the mind works and how the brain works. That's uh, actually the first thing that is actually also the most important thing. And I, that's why I put it in my book as a first chapter, understand your mind, like get understand how the mind works. Because mm. if you understand how your mind works, then everything else will be a lot of ease, a lot easier. So uh, yeah, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, there's a book, awesome book on breathing actually, because breath work is one of my, my main tools that I work, that I do and that I practice and that actually helped me a lot to go through the transition and through tough emotions. Uh, it's called, um, uh, by Dan Brule, Just Breathe. And so, um, this is another book. Well, there are a lot of books. Oxygen Advantage and all those. I honestly, I haven't read it, but I, I heard it's, it's, it's a good book. Uh, it explains a lot of how how um, important breathing is, but there are dis different, uh, so many different aspects of As breathing. As a medic, I know how yeah. important <laughs> breathing and the exactly. safe, secured airways. Exactly, but uh, that's that's there are two there are two sides of it. One is moving molecules in the body, and the other one is using breathing in order to move energy and to move emotions, to process emotions. So this is a total different story, and. Uh, it needs to be taken into account. Well, mostly I work in the first section, and I mean, it was said in the second section, mm. how to move emotions and how to clear emotions using breath work. So deep, deep circle of breathing. Um, I also mentioned in the book, it's the, the method I learned and I, that helped me a lot. Uh, it's called rebirthing, but well, I don't want to get too esoteric here. Yeah. Uh, it's just basically circle of breathing where you, um, where you can access uh, your subconscious on a deeper level. And all your feelings, all your emotions suddenly will be on your plate. So you can, you'll be more aware of what's going on. You'll be aware that you're, oh my God, I'm actually afraid of this stuff. Oh my God, actually, I'm, I'm, I feel guilty about what I did in my past. I'm not, oh my God, I, I feel still sad because there's emotion, a, a trauma is coming out from my childhood that I thought that just like, this is my childhood. It doesn't even exist. It doesn't even exist, that's bullshit. Well, people don't realize they're actually slaves to their emotions, they're slaves to their traumas. And the, the moment they start to address it, then the stuff starts to come out. And of course, uh, it's very important that uh, there's appropriate support, uh, how to process the emotions, how to process this stuff that's coming out. And well, as I said, there are not many, many veterans and, and soldiers who want to talk about it, but that, that's an aspect that uh, definitely helps to go through the transition much, much easier and actually be prepared for that. And as you said, um, you, you don't want to get too spiritual. That's, that's the important point, I think. Um, for example, if young guys watching these, you know, before they go to the military, if they're just entered military, whatever, are highly motivated and yeah, let's go hit the range, do this, do that, be a tough guy, you know. And if someone talks about psychological trauma management you know they're like <laughs> but that that i think that's what makes the book so special is that a former special ops guy talks about that stuff you know so um they can't dismiss the fact that um you've been there you've done it mm -hmm. you know what you're talking about you're not just some spiritual guide who say well love and peace and everything's okay you you know both worlds you know so um if i would be a young guy i would i would watch my 
podcasts probably <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i would suggest i would say, well actually i would say 80 85% of that from this book is scientifically based so it, it can be backed up you had completely. me at the first pages like yeah. I, I was like okay i have to read it because i want to prepare for the podcast i knew that you're a smart clever guy and it will be interesting because we know each other uh, for some while now um but in the first pages when you explained energy like scientific scientifically and what were we made of like with atoms okay what are inside protons neurons and all the stuff it's it's energy waves um which is the baseline of everything and so it doesn't get too esoteric and spiritual don't worry um it's it's scientifically scientifically backed up and we know those things like breath work oxygen advantage uh, wim hof whatever you know those those people get more and more attention why because it works because it's important and and uh i got bad news just when we drove here and uh with some easy breath work you can relieve pain instantly right mm -hmm. exactly or anxiety whatever panic well it's interesting that uh, a lot of ancient masters and many will call them spiritual will say the same well if you want to control your body you need to control your mind if you want to control your mind you need to control your breath so and with breathing it all starts that's why breathing is the actually the only system in our body that we can both be that it's both automatic and it can be influenced by our thought by our will there's no other system in our body that can be the same way it can be operated in the same way we can't uh survive without the breath for what three four minutes that's top i would say without preparation yeah without without preparation uh and then there comes everything else like like three hours or something without regulated uh, thermo heat and so on without clothes if you put yeah. you out in the winter so you're gonna you're gonna die uh then three days more or less um water and same goes with sleep somewhere around that three weeks food what i say right so what do we, where do we start a lot of people start with uh, with food, with exercise, where if they want to change something in their life. But that's not the essential one. Start with something that is at the very core, and that's yeah. And and this is where breathing comes in because breathing has also been proven scientifically as a um, as a behavior, a human behavior. It's how you breathe is actually how you live. And just now when I work with clients I, and I, I give him a, uh, a breathing exercise, okay, do this breathing exercise, and I observe this person just for five minutes. And I can say like with 80% preciseness that what, what's going on in his head right now, because the breath is just giving away the, the, those signals, just observing the body, observing the breath pace, observing the, 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 the behavior of, of, of this, 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 this person, you can tell a lot just by breathing. Where do they hold pause? Where do they, where they, how they exhale? Do they push? Do they let go? Or, or do they pause at the bottom? Do they pause at the top? Uh, how do they breathe in? Is the mouth closed, mouth open? And like, this is all subconscious behavior. Just and, and, and NLP is talking about that as well. And so we can't say, well, this is like esoteric woo-woo stuff. I mean, go ahead. You can think that and good luck. And, and if you control, <laughs> if you come in, if you can't control your own breath, good luck controlling everybody else out there. Mm -hmm. And this is where you should start. You already checked my breath today and like, hey, you should breathe through the nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's professional. What, what are you, <laughs> what is your, um, I mean, yeah, breath work, major stuff. You you do it con 
continuously all the time when when I picked you up at the airport you're in my car you're starting to breathe heavily on purpose right so what is your what are your daily regimen or what what are your most mm -hmm. important patterns in in breath work like I do this every morning I do this every evening do you have like special patterns yeah sure stress or um, first uh, you notice that you you it it looked to me that you're breathing heavily well it just you perceive was I breathing breathing heavily or you perceived me as breathing heavily? It means, was it just your perception based mm -hmm. on your own experience? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was breathing heavily. I was breathing like I always do because my, my, my body and my nervous system has tuned in that as soon as it got something like a intense emotion, intense feeling, it automatically takes a breath. So, and the, the most basic uh, breathing technique, how we can deal with 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 uh, intense feelings is just a sigh of relief, like <sighs> sigh of relief. Breathe in through the nose and let it go. Don't control it. Don't squeeze it. Don't push it. Just let it go. Sink it in. And what it will trigger? It will trigger your vagus nerve. And what it will trigger? It will trigger your ner vagus nerve and uh, activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's why you will start to feel more calm and actually your nervous system will drive down. And, uh, and also, uh, because I mean, what happens if we, we already have one breathing technique in common, m most of most people, you know, which one, no. like breath holding, breath holding, breath holding. Like how I'm many, how many times do we hold your breath in, da in daily? Just, you need to really pay attention to that. Like, what happens if you get him? Get I mean, you get this letter today, right? Yeah. Uh, and always, did you observe your breathing at that moment? Of course not. No, you were not aware of your breath. Probably, I hold my breath. Right, I hold my breath. Right? Yeah, I was looking at. And that's it. You know what happens when you hold your breath? So the brain shuts down. Basically, it doesn't get oxygen, and you, the frontal prefrontal cortex, the prefrontal lobe that is responsible for rational thinking and logic, is getting shut down. Basically, it's a lobotomy. You lobotomize yourself. It's like doing yourself That's lobotomy. That's why I got worse wrong. And the then, right. and now, yeah. what happened, right? You got stressed a little bit, and you started to have a thousand of thoughts going through what's going to happen because you weren't thinking rationally. Because afterwards, you, I mean, you called your lawyer and, and everything, and so it was like, oh well, he explained everything, and yeah, I feel better suddenly, right? Fear, like Tony Blauer has a uh, uses as an acronym um false evidence oh no false expect both of them false expectations appearing real mm -hmm. f e a r mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly false. so you 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 see something and you you your expectations yeah. fuel your yeah. fear yeah. and and stress level so, what is this no, never mind <laughs> so what does normally happen when we see something it goes back to the sight center then it sends a signal to the frontal cortex to the brain and then it sends information to the motor cortex, basically, our, and it drives our behavior. So what happens if we shut down the frontal cortex, the prefrontal lobe? The information will straightly go to the behavior, to the motor cortex. And that's why we start to act like stupid and don't know what we do, right? In the army, of course, we drill down that to automatical uh, mechanical behavior, right? But uh, there's no rational thinking in that moment. That's why the thing is that uh, I also train people how to expand their consciousness. So in order to get, they can uh, expand their conscious part 
of their brain and of their mind, I would say, because we have this conscious part and subconscious mind, which is the conscious mind is like three to 5% and the subconscious is 95%. Uh, and 95% is completely automatic. We don't even realize what's going on. We can only like uh, uh, recognize afterwards what happened. But the more we train our conscious mind, the more percentage we can get out of it, the more we are able to dive into the subconscious and become also conscious about these automatic uh, processes that are happening down there. We have more control over our system, our instincts, uh, our uh, automatic behaviors that we don't think about it even every day, but we just do it. And then the question is, well, do you realize why you do what you do? And most people won't understand the question even because mm -hmm. I just do it. Well, this is like what I usually do. I well, congratulations. Is it, is it useful? I mean, ask yourself, okay, well, is it, does this behavior support your goals? Or I don't even know my goals. Or there we go. So it's like Alice in Wonderland, right? Mm. Like, where are you going? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't care. Okay, well then, every 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 place where you land, it will it will be okay for you, right? And if you don't know where you're going, so you can't know when you're gonna be there. And since most of the people doesn't mean military or not, mostly they don't know where they, where they're going, so they don't know how they want to feel. How do they want to experience? themselves in this life and uh, that is very bad communication for the brain i'm just saying from the neuroscientific perspective that's very bad message for the subconscious because it will just play out automatically stuff whether randomly comes up i know and the thing you said mm -hmm. sorry to, for no, interrupting no. um the 50 we get fifty thousand thoughts every day around fifty thousand. Because you, you said, okay, write, write something down, like you want to change your behaviors or stop doing lists, which I love the idea of stop doing lists. Uh, I got plenty of to-do lists on my iPad, on my phone. They were like, hey, guy, you want to you wanna spend save some time? Make a stop doing list, which is great. Um, but 50,000 thoughts and, man, writing something down, you know, um, we start, I have to make this parallel stuff again um our self-defense classes with the um three p's write something down that is personal present uh, for you and and you're passionate about it's also tony blauer mm -hmm. um but write down your three p's they might change in your life mm -hmm. every two months or whatever you know but um it's it's the beginning of, of self-defense classes ask the people what would happen if you don't defend yourself in a proper way? You would lose things you're passionate passionate about, which are uh, present and uh, personal to you. And uh, that's that's a, a good thing. People don't even have the basics sometimes and uh, don't know where to go. And, and 50,000 thoughts, right? Everything you, you see on TV, your brain can't uh, mm -hmm. divide if it's real mm -hmm. or fantasy. You, mm -hmm. It cr mm -hmm. just creates the image in your mind. So your book is so like deep. We could go on every topic, like do your own podcast on take care of your mind. We could feel probably hours, days, take care of your body. Uh, the effects of not only uh, detoxify, bre mm -hmm. breath work, um, mm -hmm. fasting, all these stuff, exercising. We could, we could mm -hmm. feel another one actually, but the next one will be in German. Ich weiß, dass du gutes Deutsch sprichst. Um, and then taking care of your emotions. I mean, it's uh, 
Just buy the book, guys. <laughs> it's available now on, on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. And both, the hard copy uh, should. Yeah, paper and uh, paperback and, and already. Kindle. Okay, yeah. cool. I will definitely get some um, tactics, techniques, procedures for change. Stop doing lists. Um, relationships, vision. What should we take on next? Take care of your body. What well, is probably that's that's worth to 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 talk about that. So so um, talking about the body. Yeah. Uh, it's important to understand that the body is is the is the part of the subconscious, and basically this is that it's a part, it's a very big part of the our physical being that needs to be addressed because either if either when you understand things and doesn't mean you can do it right. It's like the motorics. Sometimes either either even when you understand what's going on, you can't do it because mm. your body hasn't adjusted to the what's going on. So, and the same goes uh, with uh, change as we are going through change. Because, because for the subconscious, change is a threat and that needs to be seen as it is. Uh, our subconscious doesn't like change. It, it needs to be constant. It needs to be predictable mm. uh, for itself. Uh, and everything else that comes everything else that is change will hit it out the comfort zone. That's why we call it the comfort zone. Um, so the body, but body, like it's, there are different aspects of body that need to be addressed. First is the physical uh, shape, physical shape. And I talk about it and I talk about nutrition. I talk about physical exercise. I talk about detoxifying the body because you can have uh, a, a brilliant mind, but if the body is 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 sick it will drag you back and you don't you don't feel good in in a sick body right it's like when you're having a flu you can think how much positive thoughts you want you just feel shit and there's a body aspect that needs to be addressed in that moment because you need to heal the physical mm -hmm. body in that moment there are toxins and inside those negative effects will 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 hit you faster than you think you know remember mm -hmm. when we've been early 20s soft yeah. selection and so on we're like yeah. Yeah. Spare yeah. me with yeah. those uh it works. Things. It works for a while. I mean at the end But then you get you get the you get the bill. It's it's like I I do like when I worked as a paramedic, I did some some um like uh from from intensive care stations, emergency rooms to to others um the transport and there are like a lot of people with with heart coronary stuff mm -hmm. and like, are you smoking? Yeah, I smoked for, I don't know, 30 years now and or 20 years and I'm, I'm only, whatever, 55. And, and one doctor once said really cool quote. He said, um, because people said, well, but it's so quick and uh, I, I'm so young. And, and they were like, you, you're smoking daily. You take something out where, where it says it kills you. And now you say it's quick. You, you smoke, did it like 20,000 times or whatever. And, and he said, look, life is like, going to a restaurant, you can consume everything what you want, you can drink and eat what you want. But in the end, you get the bill, you will get the bill and you mm -hmm. have to pay it. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, it was like heavy lifting. And you know, I had scoliosis, I had some problems with my back, but I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. fuck that heavy lifting, heavy deadlifts will, will, will make it, you know, and you had problems, you trained a bit less, okay, then worked again, then again, problems, injuries, okay, you take a break. Now you can work again, you get stronger. Okay, cool. Um, it, it handles itself and then suddenly you're 30 and you're like, I'm happy that I still can move properly. 
and uh, that's that's what young people miss a lot i think in this uh like consume reach your well, goals because they miss the concept at how it could be and since uh there, there are a lot of uh, people who are happy to just to get by 60s and 70s the thing is there's a par- old paradigm that people believe that they actually are happy when there's when they pass 60 or 70 that's like oh my god that's it my life is over well that's actually not the case with new with, with latest research and and um and technology developing it's actually will be quite easily to live over 100 years and that's what there's the this direction is called biohacking we're using uh different tools techniques and methodologies to uh influence aging for example uh to to regenerate cells to build new cells from stem cells right um so there's a way we will probably live way over 100 now the the problem is what quality of life will that be just wanted to mention it because if you say to people well I get I grant you 20 more years like and if they die they're like no I I've missed so many things and no I want to do that you say here 10 more 10 more years do you think they will use them they will look for their peace or or prosperity in the outer world and not in the inside and then those 10 years well there's be... no use of another 10 years if you don't change your your mindset mm. if you don't change change the attitude mm. it will be the same basically if you're killing your body well, what will stop you from killing it further? It's just like you take a pill and probably uh, using the latest technology on stem cell, you will be able to buy stem cells, I don't know, to in, in every, uh, uh, I don't know, supermarket. Level up, and, one, one and, life, lifespan. Yeah, yeah, and inject it and then you will have another five years for your knee or for your kidney or for your, mm. for your uh, whatever. So it will be possible. And you know what? People will buy People will buy it and people will use it. And uh, there are actually already a lot of people who are, um, who are trying to, to improve their physical health uh, just in order to get more years because they see it's possible now. Uh, but anyway, if they don't change their mind about what they're eating, about whether they're exercising or not, and uh, how are they... What are they? Um, what are the behaviors of their physical appearance? So it's going to be a short end, but afterwards, as as, as we talked talk before, is the mindset. Whether if, if people believe that they're going to die at seventy and eighty, and that probably they're going to have stroke and cancer, well, that's what's going to happen because they they're they're able to program their body, mm. their cells, and that's what the research is backing up. I mean, that's what you're talking about, place, placebo, and nocebo. Mm. And placebo, it's, it's clear, it's, it's been scientifically proven for many, many times in many years already. So, and the same goes for nocebo. And there are also been scientific research as well, where people get diagnosed with cancer and they die after a certain uh, time. And afterwards, they, in, in, the, uh, in the exams, they uh, don't, don't find any cancer cells. What killed the body? The mind and that's why it's very important to address it now coming back to the back to the body and that what what, what goes for the military and the transition process it needs to be addressed because it will make the transition easier it will make the processes easier because i mean if you're if you're walking around with a broken leg and it's it's casted up right it's it's hard to walk isn't mm-hmm. it and if your kidney 
or liver is is underperforming because it's heavily intoxicated with with the shit we were eating in the military, especially MREs and etc. Oh, yeah. and 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 everything outside, right? Uh, junk food and stuff like that. Well, that's not really healthy for the body. In fact, I mean, if they found find uh, certain uh, hamburgers. Uh, well, I won't mention the name of the company, but after like five years in the pocket, and it still like looks like fresh. So you, you know the you know the documentary uh, Supersize Me, Supersize Me, yeah, uh, some, yeah. decades ago. And but, but my body is very sensitive, and as you said, MRE is like everyone, oh, that's practicable, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. you just take it out and eat it. Mm -hmm. As my body is very sensitive to that, I I ate it for two or three days, and I got sick. My mm -hmm. digestion. Mm -hmm. Um, impacted my my yeah. my behavior and and my my skin completely mm -hmm. um, saw the pollution. Of course, but there's a story to that. That was only your your case. I mean, uh, we're all been those who have been eating MREs. We all know what it means, right? But we just can turn on the mindset that we don't care, but we don't recognize that it still still will take a toll later. And now that's what happening. Uh, what 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 happened also to me that I mean. I, after I, after I left the military, uh, a month later, after I walk outside the gate, uh, I did a detox on my, mm. on, uh, on my gut system. I mean, I was, it was crazy what came out of it. I mean, we are all carrying at least five to 10 kilos of shit inside of our gut. And I must literally say that. And people don't realize that if they want to lose weight, uh, they don't realize that they need to cleanse the colon because yeah. all the mucus inside the colon is not allowed the nutrition to soak up in the system and they can eat as healthy as they, as they want. They just won't be soaked up and just gonna uh, just rush it out. I mean, uh, I understand if, if some people now say, um, yeah, nice idea of uh, not eating MREs, man. Mm -hmm. I was on a mission where there was no alternative and yeah of course i mean we understand it sometimes if you are mm -hmm. on special reconnaissance yeah. and lay down somewhere of course you can't uh, go and uh, buy some f shit but in fact when we did some military assistance uh, in the desert somewhere um well there were ways like fruits watermelons i mean well, in well, afghanistan you can't well, eat them i know yeah but but because I'm not talking about whether you should avoid them or not, whether you should eat them or not. It's just like when you step out, when you, when you're, where, where you no longer are exposed to that, you should remember consciously. and consciously like, okay, now I, I just know that it's still in my system. I mean, yeah, the, the it's still in those, these toxins are still in my system and I just need to get them out. I mean, and real, literally. I did the detoxification for six days uh, and there's a specific program mm. that I partly described that in my book, um, which, which is basically, I was stunned how easy it is. I thought, well, maybe, whoa, six days without eating. And I thought, well, I've been in survival training, so it was like seven days, so uh, I could handle that. Uh, it was nothing like that. It was a lot easier. Of course, there's a lot of other funny stuff that you need to do with, with uh, cleansing the column and yeah. so on. But I mean, that was so worth it. In the next two days, I was just, my consciousness went boom. Like I was so awake. I was so, I felt so fresh. I mean, I can't describe this feeling that I had. It was just unbelievable. Such a clarity in mind. My energy levels were just like exploding. Mm. I, I, I thought I should actually feel sick and like feel like I don't have energy and I like just lie on the bed. And like, I felt even more 
I, I felt happy. In fact, I felt happy. There was pure joy. But um, before that, of course, I was judging them. Well, those who are just stupid people doing that. I mean, why do they need that? Of course, yeah, because you don't, they don't really don't realize well, what's the benefit behind it. It's physiology, it's science, it's nutritional stuff. And, mm. and just, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it just works. So if you want to get more performance out of it, you need to take care of your body. And also what the next thing is, the exercise. Well, there's, there's, I experienced my, myself since, since I went out. I mean, you're no longer carrying body armors and you're no longer carrying rucksacks and, and stuff on, your, on yourself. So, and... Well, most likely you won't need your, uh, I was like 90 kilo and muscles and so on. I could do uh, uh, 20, um, what do you call them? English. Uh, Pull-ups. <laughs> Pull-ups. No, and... he couldn't. He stopped at 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could tell, do 20 pull-ups and uh, 80 push-ups in two minutes and then 80 sit-ups in two minutes. So I was really fit. So now the thing is, I don't. I no longer needed this muscle weight that I carried on myself. So, and after doing the detox, my body naturally went into uh, into a, like a rest mode. I would say it was very interesting to observe that. But the 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 excess, the physical exercise exercise um, level that I had was no longer used for me. So I went on stretching and 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 um, more lighter exercises just to keep my system easy and flowy because you need to continue with exercise you don't you, the, the worst thing is it is stop that it. you stop it yeah because you are all the time in the rhythm and now but it's you stopped. Train differently right sorry like you're so so far away from from nature like you you train in a specific way you eat in a specific way you live like also mentioned in your in your uh, um book porn pornography like all those triggers are like um, culturally, socially cultivated. So, okay, we eat three times a day, breakfast, lunch, mm -hmm. dinner. And uh, I now try to, hey, let's try only five hours of window eating, like intermittent fasting. And then I switch to, okay, let's eat only once a day. How's my body adapting? Two, three days, it was like, oh my God. And then it's normal. I can eat once a day and still train in the morning, train in the evening, whatever. And the same is uh, with, with movement. You know, you train like, okay, I have to do deadlifts. I have to do this. I have to do this. You Also, that is culturally like um, made up in your mind, but far away from natural movements often. And uh, so is it with the... Uh, with the pornography, that's that's a big thing in 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 on missions, right? No one wants to talk about it, but it destroys your mind, and everyone knows it at the bottom of their heart, you know. Um, and uh, and people say, oh well, I if you don't do it, you get crazy. No, it, you don't. You know, uh, it's just a mental trigger. It's a mental addiction. It's not your body doesn't need it. Your body, you you don't have to jerk off for your body. It's your mental triggers. Well, it's now, well, there are, there are certain aspects where it goes both because there is a way where the body gets addicted to that because what's actually ad addiction in a physical level, it's uh, something that the body will start to, to, uh, to generate uh, hormones, specific hormones in a specific way. And, and uh, you will have a specific feeling based on the hormonal level that you are uh, in the hormonal cocktail that you're having in your body. So the body will ask for more. That's naturally. For example, you mentioned pornography. Well, that's that's a major issue issue, especially for men. And uh, 
also women are watching pornography, but they don't have this uh, heavy influence. They don't have to pay this heavy toll afterwards. But men, it destroys the psyche quite a lot. And uh, no one wants to talk about it. It's very sensitive thing, like stuff, right? So, but uh, what happens when you watch pornography is that dopamine levels get spiked, uh, spike up. And, and, that's, and dopamine is a very high addictive chemical. So you get dopamine from Facebook when you get a message that, hi, how are you doing? Like, oh, it feels so good. Or you get dopamine where you just accomplish something uh, amazing. You're like so high on like, oh, wow. Or just you have been jumping out of the airplane, right? With a parachute or, or, or fast roping. So this is like, whoa, you're really high. So that's dopamine for, the, for, for, and what happens afterwards? It turns down. And then you have this dopamine crash. And it's like, oh, suddenly you have, don't have any motivation anymore. And it's biological processes that are happening in the body. And pornography is stimulating that we are having a dopamine rush. The problem is now uh, there is no uh, corresponding hormone to, 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 to process that dopamine. I mean, in that way that normally when you have a intercourse with a, with a partner, you have body connection, right? You touch body. What happens when you touch other people, other person's body, the opposite uh, sex body? Uh, you get oxytocin, which is love hormone, which is bonding hormone. And now what happens when you watch pornography, you don't get this hormone and this is why it crashes. So you don't get this feeling of bonding and it totally this is, is, is messing up with the, with the instruments in the head by saying that I don't even need the, the opposite body in order to feel good. But then when you start to connect with a person, a lot of times there'll be this missing link in this connection because this, it's, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be, um, it's going to be something that is, that, um, that it's not common for the mind. So, and for the body, that's why uh, people start to have problems in their intimacy and sexual life and, sexual performance i think it has a, a huge impact on on relationships in general and wedding uh, marriage and, and all all this stuff um but as you said no one wants really wants it to just talk about gives it the, the wrong still. message it gives the wrong message to the brain about what is the natural uh what, what's relationship what's a healthy relationship what's a healthy intercourse and this is we need, we need to train our system on what is right. So it, it has a course. So mm. that's why it's important. I could, I could talk to you for hours, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here for the first, for the first podcast. Thank you. Um, so many things we, we could still cover. We, we skipped before one topic very quickly, like your breathing pattern. So I would like to come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, your book covers so many parts so um forgot where i wanted to go now Just so let's jump breath. to the breathing back well yeah i have this uh, um, breathing pattern of my breathing technique that i do every day it's called the interval breathing where you um, basically you inhale for a certain amount of seconds and you exhale for a certain amount of seconds you pause a little bit and you go on with that so it it could look like a triangle so my pattern is five seconds inhale, six, six seconds exhale, two seconds pause. Five seconds inhale, six seconds exhale, two seconds pause. And uh, uh, it, 
partly looks like box breathing, but uh, when I start to work with a client, I always start with the triangle breathing because it actually will also trigger different behaviors and different, um, well, let's, let's, let's stay with the behavior uh, because when we hold our breath, we tense up usually. And people who hold our breath on the top they usually are tensing up and they don't know how to control that in the first place. So that's why it's important to learn triangle breathing in, in the first place. Uh, it's important to be relaxed all the time. So also what happens when we breathe in that kind of rhythm is, is we calm down our ner nervous system. We basically rewire our nervous system anew. And what happens is that under six breaths per minute, we switch on automatically our parasympathetic nervous system. And we go into rest digest mode and repair mode. And this is an important part, an aspect uh, also because it synchronizes our brain part and our brain lobes, right? The left and the right, it's, it's, getting, it's getting synchronized. So we can think of, but we can think better thoughts and we can actually act better. Uh, another cool aspect of it, of that is because it's, uh, it's synchronizing our heart brain coherence. Mm. Well, Actually, well, many people think that the brain is, rules the body. Well, there's, there's a lot of science that says that most of the part, the heart actually rules the body. Uh, and the brain. Yeah, and the brain, including, of course, the brain has its own part and, 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 uh, and what, it, what it does and, and what it controls. But, but when, it, when it comes to uh, electromagnetical impulse, uh, heart is the biggest generator of electromagnetical signals. It's like 50 times more then uh, it actually is sending 50 times more information to the brain that the brain is sending to the heart. So what does it tell us? It tells us that the, actually the heart is controlling brain behavior more than brain is controlling heart behavior. And it's very important that we synchronize these two organs. And how can we synchronize that? Well, science has discovered, and researchers have discovered that when we breathe in a rhythmical pattern, and which is mostly under six six breaths per minute, we uh, start to create a coherent um, flow of information between heart and the brain. And I can see that and prove that on my device, which I use for my clients. It's a, it's a very simple um, uh, biofeedback device called M-Wave. So basically it measures heart rate variability. And by that, I can say whether the person is now in stress or in, 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 in the, or in the focused mode or the flow state, I would also call it, but also flow state has a bit more to that. It's not just uh, the breathing and then and the brain function. We explain so, it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, in that wise, we are, uh, training our system to be more focused and to be more relaxed and meanwhile alert. And uh, through this uh, breathing exercise, you can actually uh, uh, also achieve uh, next level performance and control yourself in a deeper level. level. Um, and uh, uh, why another aspect why we are calming down, why the body calms down is, is because we're breathing very slow, right? Because when we are stressed out, we don't breathe slow, do we? We breathe very fast. The breath is rapid. So, and this is another signal for the for the nervous system that we are in. Basically, it's a it's a signal for the body that we are in safety, that the body is safe because the body will always head for survival. It will always try to survive, and the mind will will do everything. And there's a specific part of the mind it's called ego <laughs> that's always going to take care that the body is safe. 
and that it's not being threatened by anything. So uh, when we breathe in the slow rhythm, we basically tell our brain that, okay, we're safe and we can relax and chill. And so our uh, little repairmans are, are going in and, 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 and repairing the body and re regenerating and um, yeah. So uh, this is an, a very important uh, breathing aspect. So this is for, for tuning in. So as I mentioned before, the sigh of relief, and I do it every time when I feel intense feelings and basically, uh, or I do it every time when I encounter something that is uh, interesting or new, either it's a good feeling or a bad feeling, it don't care. It's just like my nervous system is trained now to encounter this kind of uh, feeling. As, I, as we mentioned before, uh, what happens when we have intense feelings? Usually the breathing stops. Yeah, so now we need to train our system. The moment we, the moment we get tense, and the moment the, our feelings intensify, you take a breath and you relax. And of course, it's very counter. It might sound very counterintuitive for a lot of people out there because they're like, "Stop doing that!" I mean, it's like you're too loud or you're 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 making this noise. And I say, well, good luck. I mean, stay stuck with your emotions. Or are you annoyed or bored? But because if you do like this, like... Because they don't realize the benefit of what's yeah, coming out of it. And of that uh, their brain doesn't shut down when the, those sensations arise. It actually work better uh, as, because they start to control and observe these sensations. And then they can ch consciously decide what to do with that. I mean, because if you encounter fear, well, fear can rule you easily but you also can turn it around and use fear as fuel. And I talk about this topic in the book also, that you can use and train, you can train basically your system acknowledging your fear because it's energy. Well, fear is a very powerful energy. It moves a lot in the world, well, mm. you know. And um, so we can turn around this energy and use it in order to achieve our goals, but we need to become conscious of fear. Well, conscious of the signals mm. uh, that that are that are happening in the in the in the body but for that we need feelings we need feelings that's feelings basically a feedback system of our body and like a thermometer that's like showing okay well that's what's going on right now in the system what we should do boss but if the boss is sleeping so well that just well we just do whatever happens mm. right so yeah the feelings are very emotional Feelings and emotions are very important and uh, breath is the best tool in order to control them. Awesome uh, topic as well. Um, using fear as a fuel, you got it also covered in the book. Um, for me, for me personally, it was uh, interesting stuff like what what made me or what, what made us go to military, what, what made us do special operations selection and so on. Maybe some stuff we don't even consciously know or i can't even consciously um know what what made me do it you know what was my motivation what what built my will to do it so uh as we mentioned relationships childhood dramas stuff with your father and 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 still the book sometimes again talking about the stop doing list you know i'm 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 a restless guy and uh uh you know if i wake up in the morning, doesn't matter the time, if I wake up, my heart starts rushing and hey, you have to do this and this and this today and this project and hey, it's Wednesday, make a video for the channel. Um, Janis is coming, I have to move parts 
from one place to another. So I'm, I'm restless all the time. And uh, that's often f- common for people in, in our former business. Like I think Pat McNamara said it once in a, in a interview, um, better to burn out than to fade away. Um, I, I found myself very often those, but you also give like advice for people who are restless and, uh, mm-hmm. just you, you're, what do you say in the book? Um, the, the intention of, or the, the cause of your being is being and not, not doing, doing. That's you're a we, human being, not a human doing that, that that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. It's a tough, it's a, uh, it's a tough concept for many people. And it was a tough concept for my, it's it still in a way is a tough concept from, for myself. Because there, there's need the balance needs need 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 to be there, and uh, of course the modern Western Western world is only only um, recognizing doing, because that's what well you well that's what brings the result. Well, not really, because they're not on this. They don't. Many people don't understand what the process what what processes are beneath doing. What's are what are the thoughts? What are the feelings? What are the emotions that are What's the physiology, physiological standpoint of your being? Mm. And that's a being, this is a state. So now uh, coming back again, well, why people do what they do? And as I said before, well, what's driving them? What are the qualities they're seeking? For example, I could tell that uh, I lacked self-esteem quite a lot. And uh, military was one of the way how I... Um, I could uh, earn my own respect myself like, yeah. from myself. Like, Hey, you accomplished something. It was, I mean, partly, yes. I mean, I proved myself that I can do tough stuff. Mm. I mean, that I can, which was important maybe to it, both of it us. It was, it was crucially important because I was grown up in a family without, mostly without a father. So I didn't have a father figure. And of course, where do you get the substitute of this? Well, Mo- movies. TV for, for me, it was TV movies. Exactly. So, but there's, I mean, and there is such a, in a deep level, this will, natural will in order to prove yourself for father, it's natural. It happens to everyone. And if this, if the relationships are not set, that will create problems. And what happens with people who are trying to, uh, trying to, to please someone or to, to prove themselves, usually they try to prove it to, some kind of substitute, parental substitute or parents. And that's why they need, in the first place, they need to become aware, well, why am I doing what that I'm doing? And why I'm so afraid if I'm going to fail? So these are the questions they need to ask themselves in the first place. And partly, if they don't have a good relationship with their parents, that will influence their job, their relationship, their career, uh, financial stuff, and so on. I mean, the the truth is, if uh, if a person lacks self-esteem, or or let's say, does the, if the person thinks that, that it's guilty, it basically will attract punishment, and the person will cut down everything that and prove themselves that they're not worthy of of having it, and this is what happens subconsciously. Basically, people are just restraining themselves from from income. Uh, that was partly my my story because I thought, well, I'm I'm I've done like bad stuff. I've 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 messed up uh, my relationships. I've hurt people uh, emotionally, physically, and uh, this is a very bad message for the subconscious because the subconscious takes everything literally. It doesn't judge. It doesn't it doesn't evaluate. It just takes everything as it is. And uh, of course, I was 
um, I was choosing a, a job with, the, with with constant income that would produce constant income. I mean, constant like a fixed that I can't get more or less, so it's fixed. Um, uh, and uh, I didn't. I thought that I didn't deserve more because there was a program that I thought that I didn't deserve more. And uh, many people don't realize that there are subconscious subconscious programs that are running the system. And in order to become aware of them, you need to become conscious of them. You need to dig into them. And this is where the inner work starts. If you ask my my 22-year-old me, you know, after the selection, I mean, it was, I was pretty young at that time. I thought I know everything and yeah, yeah, spare me with your bullshit and just do it. Just go ahead and crush. And that's all you have to do with, with this. 10 years later, you know, if you say, why did you do it in the first place? I mean, you can, you can give an answer, which uh, sounds very, very he heroic and say, well, it was my duty for my country. I wanted to do something, uh, not, not selfish and, uh, the, the feeling for duty and so on. Yeah, might be, you know, most people will say, yeah, it's just because a good man, you know, have to protect and whatever be a protector yeah okay i got it but sometimes there is even much more on a deeper unconscious level that drives you to these thoughts only these thoughts like okay i'm a protector i will um, i have the capabilities and the mind and strong body to be a protector um but now, what but what even brings you to this path of of becoming a protector, a protector and what makes you even brings you to the thought that I should do this with my capabilities. Very good. So now the question is, if you are a protector, then what's your belief about the world? You have to protect. Okay. From, from I danger. need to protect someone else from danger because what's the world? What's the environment? Dangerous, yeah. Because the environment is dangerous. And that is a belief. It's a program. It's a belief because if people think that the world is a dangerous place, they will attract everything in order to prove their statement. But wouldn't you say that the world is a dangerous, has dangerous places on it? It has, but not in my reality because we create our own reality. I mean, if you watch media and just watch news all the time, what you will see? Well, the government is doing something wrong and uh, the taxes are like crazy high. And then this exploded today, that exploded yesterday. And, and, and children don't have enough food and then they're starving here and starving there. So there's a lot of problems where, well, first of all, I talked about it in the book also that you should stop watching news because your subconscious get triggered all the time by negative aspects, by a negative environment. So if you constantly see that the outer environment is negative, it will definitely, it will definitely generate the same beliefs about the world. And you will start, because the subconscious will start to seek the familiar and what's familiar, danger. And if the person is grown up in a dangerous environment, the, the dangerous environment has become a natural aspect of their being, of their living. And they will know it's normal that they're going to seek more danger because every time you get in danger, you get a chemical. It's called, um, um, from the, um, cortisol mm -hmm. and adrenaline spiked in the system. 
And uh, well, that's a, in a way it's a drug. And our body, again, it gets used to this drug and it will ask for more every time. So that's why we exposed, expose ourselves to danger constantly also in order to get this rush. Mm. That, that's, and actually, it's a, in a partly it's a dangerous thought that because, well, the sub, because the subconscious thought is uh, in order to be alive, I need to do something dangerous. Mm. Well, that's only a belief, but beliefs will shape the reality. But if you say, don't watch the news, I mean, yeah, you, mm -hmm. you live life more peacefully, probably. I'm for sure. Mm -hmm. If you don't watch the news, mm -hmm. you don't get scared every day for shootings, stabbings, mm -hmm. uh, robberies, whatever. Um, but you can't really, like, you can't close your eyes and say, no, they, they're not happening in, in my reality. Or, like, politics, if you care about politics, it, I like, mean, we, we saw split people split up after talking about politics because of a selective... Uh, <laughs> awareness whatever but it, i mean yeah you but you the question is why do you pay attention to that i believe uh, if yeah. you don't care about politics politics will care for you okay well that's one point of uh seeing it but but, but the I system we live I in we, i, mean, I haven't been just for me I, i haven't been watching news since i don't know the last three years really and I, somehow i don't miss that uh i'm lacking some some kind of information Because I know that the information will find me. You know me. Trump got elected? Yeah, I, get it. Yeah, I know that. That was, that was funny, of course. But I'm not saying that you should, uh, you should like cut yourself from the outer environment. That's not about it. You don't need to go in a cave. Mm. That's not about it. It's just you need to really select what you put inside your brain. Of course. And this is where uh, selection comes in. And sorry, but since our brain is responding, responding to three... Um, things the most important things one is what you say words that you say that you read it's just like writing into the brain's architecture through and in the neural neural circuits mm -hmm. second is pictures what you see because as we know from the intelligence right one picture can say more than a thousand words mm. because the picture it extracts in your mm. subconscious a lot of uh, stuff right? It's like indexing and yeah. then suddenly poof, popping out and feelings. So thoughts that you say, pictures, pictures that you see and feelings. and feelings that are coming together with those two. And this will, will shape your first, your body response. You will start, it will start to trigger your, your attitudes and so on. And you are basically becoming a slave. Well, who's in control now? Well, you just watch news And afterwards, observe your feelings. Do you feel good? Well, no, good. I feel like they're not doing it right, and they're not. It's not fair, and so on. Well, now, are you happy or not? No, I'm not happy. So I have a question now. Why do you watch news again if you know that you are not happy afterwards? But the goal is like, I want to be happy in my life. I want to do this and that, and and, and enjoy life. Well, honestly, can you enjoy life? If you want to enjoy life, but why are you doing things that make you miserable? And this is a, like a, quite a reasonable question to ask. So many people don't ask this question. They just do things they're they're used to do because it's a behavior. And I talk about that in the book too, that you need to change your behavior. That is automatic behavior. And uh, just ask yourself a question. If my actions, my thoughts, my behavior support my goals, If I want a happy and and and, and uh, a happy and and joyful family life, mm -hmm. 
uh, improve my relationship with kids or wife or, or my uh, friends? Does this help? Of course, a lot of people will say, uh, yeah, but that's what we can discuss. Well, I can discuss that with my friends. I'm discussing politics with my friends all the time. So yeah, now, cool. You're, you're, you're sitting all together and you're all pissed out, pissed off about what's going on. And you're basically generating a collective negative and you have energy, nothing. fuel of energy. You have gained nothing. You've been talking for one hour and what you have gained, how, how much closer have you come to your desired income? How much closer have you come to Zero. your, to your, even more far away yeah. to, to your relationships because you're programming your subconscious in the wrong direction. I get your point. Um, for now, as a lack of information, I can't agree on everything, like not reading news. I got the point, you know, um, it makes you unhappy, but I still like, I want to know what's going on in the world as much as unfiltered as possible using direct sources and whatever. But I also, you know, I, studied political science. So, well, that's a different topic. We could feel probably another mm -hmm. podcast mm -hmm. with it. Um, maybe, I think the people are curious about your book now. Right now you should be. Um, maybe we, we bring it to an end with the, uh, I will start before I forget it. Um, maybe with some advice for, for young men or for young people. Um, maybe you, you, you have one major, major point. The thing, your book reminded me or what you just said is like Bruce Lee's quote, empty the glass before you learn something. Mm -hmm. And I had a, a comrade who also said um, he's very careful with words and because he was not very communicative. And he said, well, um, and that reflects on your book, 50,000 thoughts every day and your body and your brain cannot divide what is fantasy, what is, what is real. So be careful what you speak, what you talk. Everything consciously or subconsciously becomes a part of yourself. Every TV show you see, every advertisement you see, every small talk you have, every ad you, you consciously or subconsciously um, uh, re form transfer into, into your brain becomes a part of you. So be careful what you consume in any way. It will become a part of you. That was a pretty... Mm, interesting thing I, I, I guess this is this is what uh, I, I could say the same <laughs> now just I, do you have any other like of breathe course. just breathe people uh, no I mean get clear on your goals get clear on your goals but you know um, there are ways how to set goals and a lot of them are actually outdated because they're just uh, following the physical uh, accomplishment Mm. I don't know, just like earn like a uh, hundred thousand dollars, a million, two. So what? Get a car. Good. Get a house. Great. Now get a wife. So, and then what? Right. So uh, make now 2.3 children and, and a dog. So, okay. Then now, now what? It's just materialistic uh, things that don't speak to their emotions. And we need goals that speak to our feelings and to speak that, that speak to our emotions. So, and as Tony Robbins actually said, uh, the famous coach said, there are three behaviors that drive, there are three things that drive our behavior. That's experiences you want, we want to have in life. So now, like, for example, if you look back, if, if, if this day would be the day you die and now look back and what experience have you gathered? Are you happy with your life? Are you satisfied? Have you done everything? Really everything? I mean, 
climb the mountain or like anything, mm. <laughs> kill the snake or raise the child, whatever. Uh, are you happy with that? Have you got all your experience that your heart longs, that you are like passionate about? And another aspect is that we naturally want to grow. We just want to expand. We were naturally tended to learn, to grow, to expand, to, to, to learn new skills, to, to expand our mind. It's natural process. At one point you just, you will notice it because uh, everything will become so dull and you don't mm -hmm. have like motivation and like, oh, like everything is boring. Yeah. Because there's no growth. Right. And another aspect is, uh, contribution. It's essential that we have a plan how you work, how you can you contribute. It's a natural process that happens. It doesn't need to be on the on a national scale or in a, any kind of political scale or whatever. It's just what if you contribute to your family? What if you contribute to your I don't know community maybe or tribe or mm. friend circle of friends that I know I know this skill or I have this skill or I have this um, this 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 thing and let's say I have like spare $200 and my, 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 my nephew, he, he wants a new training uh, boots or, or some kind of courses uh, to attain. And you pay for that in order that the, the, he, he, he could grow, he could develop, or you donate the money for a really good cause for charity for, for some kind, for any kind of reason. So it's a natural aspect of our human being to, to, to contribute. So, uh, Gather experiences, like travel the world, like, I don't know, see as your baby child gets born, to hold it in your hand. That's an experience. It will, it will stay forever in your mm. feeling. And that's a feeling you are after. It, especially that people need to, to pay attention whether it's a, it's, a, it's a means goal or whether it's an end goal. Because means goal is just the way getting there. A lot of young people think that the education is the most important thing. That they when they when they figure out their education, whether well, now when I get the degree, then I will be happy. Then I will be happy. Then it's then it's going to be uh, then I'm going to be successful. Oh, turns out I need to find a job. Oh no. Okay. Well, now I'm going to find a job, and then I'm going to be successful. Happy, yeah. Then also. Oh, now I have a job. Okay, well, it's getting the bills and so on. It's it's getting the bills getting paid, and I have a better car, better house, but. Okay, well, after like a couple of years, well, uh, still not enough. And it's more and more and more. So how come? It means there's the feel. You cannot feel. I mean, you cannot feed your, you cannot stuff your, 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 your feelings with stuff. Mm, of course. And that's why it's, it's those end goals are uh, long-term goals. Like, uh, and like it's the end station for your train. Like, I want to get there. And that's going to give me a feeling, a satisfaction. Um, so, and the same goes with the growth. That now you have, you want to have these experiences in your life. Now, ask yourself a question: How do I need to grow in order to get there? Well, for example, if you, let's say, you want to go travel in Spain, and and for for one month with a backpack, well, probably a good idea is to learn some Spanish, well, basic, right? Or maybe a good idea is to uh, train yourself physically a little bit, prepare yourself, good right? Boots. Buy good boots, right? So that's a, in a way, it's a, it's growth. You need to grow in order to achieve your goals, and then, how can you contribute to the world, or to a very small community around you from the experience you gained, from what you have learned, and from how you have grown, 
and now you give away this 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 um, expertise to other people, and this circle goes round and round. And I guess this is the most important thing that young people need to understand: uh, not to chase after materialistic things, but to chase feelings, to chase chase passions. I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be after a better car or a better house. I mean, it's normal. It should be. But that's a side effect. Once we follow our passion, once we follow our heart, it will naturally, it will naturally create uh, stuff. It will create income. It will create all those things around you. You'll attract people that are like-minded. I mean, if you want to reach a goal that is very positive and very, very inspiring, I mean, would you and will you reach these goals with those friends who are? which with whom you're talking one hour about politics and feeling unsatisfied and 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 then you come back home and have an argument with your wife because you're pissed already uh, you're not getting there so that's why you need to choose the environment also choose friends and this is very important thing that you need we need to be very responsible how we uh how we spend our waking hours because we all have 24 hours everybody has 24 hours the question is how you spend them. And we all have 100% energy. As one of one friend of mine who's a biohacker, he's, he, I, just, I, I got this quote from him. And he's like, we all have 20, we have what, 24 hours and we all have 100% energy every day. Now the question is, how do you spend your energy? Do you spend it in, in nonsense, in news that you actually don't gain anything? You haven't learned anything. You don't get closer to your goals. You're just, uh, or watching pornography or other kind of stuff that just is ruining you because you're Cats feeding. playing the piano. Yeah, exactly. So um, ask yourself these questions. And if it doesn't satisfy you, well, do something. Mm. Do something about it. Yeah, that's uh, the intent of the podcast, giving uh, young people like some experience from some old, old dudes. <laughs> um, guys, if you're interested... Um, it was always in the background. Transition manual is now available on, on Kindle and paperback as a paperback. Um, how can get people in contact with you? Transitionmanual.com. There is a it's a email address mm -hmm. where people can mm -hmm. contact you directly. You uh, do sessions, private sessions, group sessions for um, breathing, personal development. You do company trainings, um, all the good stuff. Any other like Facebook? You use Instagram. Yeah, well, Facebook, Instagram, but uh, on Facebook, they're... Very moderate. Part, yeah, moderate. Well, basically, everybody who wants to get in contact with me, you can go through the webpage. Uh, it's the transitionmanual.com. There's a, a blank, and you can sign up even for, for the mailing list, and there's uh, new stuff coming out. And, uh, yeah, we can get in touch that way. It's funny. When, when we met 2014... 15, 14, knife fighting. Greetings to Vladimir, by the way, the knife fighting trainer from Estonia. Great guy. Um, so there are a lot of great guys. Like there. you said, law of attraction. Um, people, like-minded people will come together, probably. Um, we are some of those like-minded mm -hmm. people. Um, it was a pleasure of having you here. The podcast will be available hopefully soon on, on YouTube, so the people consume us on YouTube. We'll see some nice candy roll, maybe from some picture of us knife fighting and <laughs> uh, hitting the shooting range in Tana Vogu, whatever. Tana Vogu, that's it. That's and the... uh, yeah, uh, 
this one will be the first one as we should have a proper audio setup which also be, will be will be available on on iTunes and SoundCloud I hope it works um yeah it was awesome to to have you here um interesting book I can recommend thumbs up well done really cool we'll read it again and uh yeah thank you for coming thanks, thanks for inviting me thank you for the talk subscribe share love all the good stuff take care and out <laughs> fade to black <laughs> cool all right the mic's are still on